1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
0: On the Spygate scale, where does the Houston Astros sign stealing scheme rank to you? Is it in that neck of the woods? Does it change the way you view the sport as a whole? And I believe Alex Cora not only gets fired, but at least a two-year ban. He is the manager of the Boston Red Sox. And it sounds like the genius or the moron behind the scandal, behind the system that allowed the Astros to cheat. But what about the players? Should they be punished here as well? Also, one other question to get to on a Tuesday home-and-home. Are you going to stop watching Vince Vaughn movies after he had the audacity of shaking the hand of the President of the United States, Donald Trump, and talking with you and the First Lady. That's what Twitter's doing this morning, never seeing Vince Vaughn movies again. I ain't never missing wedding crashers. Goat comedy movie. It's a Tuesday home and home at radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by zip recruiter. Check them out at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is on the road talking to a whole bunch of coaches from across the country in Nashville. And it's interesting Ross, because you know, you go on the road, usually it's just, uh, you know, it's blissful. You get a hotel room all to yourself. You get a nice big comfy bed. No kids to wake you up, but it doesn't seem like that's the scenario for you on a cot. You are a giant sleeping on a cot. Why? Um, Well, it's it's kind of a
2: long story. I'll give you the short version. All right. I'm here because my last year as NFL player, I started a, a high school athletic recruiting business called Go Big Recruiting. Um, which, by the way, Dave, is pretty funny because the first one of these conventions I ever went to was in 2008. And I was actually still a member of the Redskins, and they were playing... While I was at this convention, the Redskins were playing a playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. And if they won, I got another $18,000. If they lost... I got nothing, but it was just house money at that point because I was on injured reserve. But I'm at this convention trying to talk to college coaches about this new business I had just started and trying to get with the next phase of my life. Meanwhile, I'm still technically on the team that's on all the screens on there, and I got a bunch of money on that game. The other thing that's funny is that I would go, Dave, to some Redskin events during the season as I was rehabbing my neck. So it'd be like, meet the Redskins at Morton's night, right? So I would go because I wanted to eat and drink my face off at Morton's, obviously. But <laughs> I would sign some autographs, and, you know, I was still a big guy. I was losing weight, but still a big guy, I signed autographs. Uh, NFL player. The very next week, I go to this convention, and I just started this business and it's in California and people are coming Dave. I can't get high school coaches or junior college coaches to take my flyer. They're walking by me. I'm trying to hand them flyers and they're just like, no, and they just keep walking right by me. And it was so humbling and so funny because literally five days earlier, They had had to meet the Redskins at Morton's and I had ordered two fillets, crushed them both, signed autographs. They picked me up at my apartment with my wife in a limo. And now four days later, I can't get high school coaches to take a flyer out of my hands. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just a wake up call. So anyway, I've been coming to this convention now for 13 years. It's 2020. 2020. And I didn't know because of my media schedule if I'd be able to come, when I'd be able to come. So I reserved one hotel room for uh, two of my employees to come. Well, then it turned out I can come. But by the time I realized I could come, the, the, the hotel was sold out. And so I thought, also, I'm pretty cheap. And it's like, 350 bucks a night, 375 bucks a night or something. Like it's expensive at the Opryland Hotel. So I probably should have gotten two rooms at the start, but I'm cheap and they didn't let you, like you had to commit to it then. And now I'm here and uh, so I got a roll away bed, a cot, and I put it right here in the middle. My employees get the big beds. I sleep on the cot, uh, which by the way, is one reason why both nights I had an extra IPA at the end to make sure I could sleep on the cot.
0: That was your version of NyQuil, an extra beer to sleep on the rollaway cot. No, you know what? I got to admit, I was first stunned that a guy of your size and your success would roll in a cot. I think you can certainly afford another room, but I'm cheap too, man. I am cheap. Wherever I can save a buck or two, I got to do it. You know, when we go on the road with the family, there's five of us. Doesn't really work for one hotel room. I would be willing to sleep on a cot if the kids can't handle the sleeping arrangements. Not going to get that extra. Room. There's five of us. We're gonna somehow fit in one hotel room. I'm cheap too, brother. I get it. Any any great uh, encounters with coaches worth the shout out? Um.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, last night I hung out with a bunch of the Penn State coaches, uh, and it was pretty funny because they invited me to this this dinner that they had, and I was wearing. Um, a Penn State zip-up that actually James Franklin had given me. And I pro- I told you that story before, right? Yep, you did. Okay. Well, I get invited to this dinner last night, but I didn't bring anything nice to wear. Like, I, I did the Ravens-Titans Saturday night, and I came here thinking I would only during the day be talking to college football coaches. So I used to, Dave wear go big recruiting stuff for my business. But what I learned is if someone didn't know me and they saw that, they would kind of be like, yeah, I don't know. Like this guy's gonna sell me something, right? So now I just wear college gear that colleges have given me over the years and the people think I'm a coach. So I'm a lot more approachable. I have a lot more conversations now because of it. So Saturday or Sunday, I wore Army. Uh, Yesterday, I wore Penn State. Today, I'm wearing this Ivy League thing. I might switch to a Princeton thing. I don't know. But anyway, I get invited to the Penn State thing. I don't have anything, you know, nice to wear. And so the guy that invited me, he said, just wear the Penn State thing. They know Franklin gave it to you. They'll think it's funny. So, went to this Penn State dinner last night. It's actually really cool. It's, um, James Franklin does it for any coach that's here that ever coached for him. And every player here, you know, who's a coach now, but earlier played for Franklin. So, I thought that was a really nice thing. And he just said, listen, everybody here has been a big part of this. Really appreciate it. So, I thought it was cool and I was the only person there wearing Penn State gear. The only person with no affiliation to Penn State whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I, I like the uh the Ivy League zip-up, lest anyone forget that you are an Ivy League man. Feeling though <laughs> for your feeling for your raspy, tired voice and those few extra adult beverages you has had last night. So let's get to the story Rocking the Sport of Baseball. And that of course is the Houston asterisk, as Twitter labeled it yesterday, the Astros sign stealing scandal resulted in the, f- the firing eventually of the manager A.J. Hinch and the general manager Jeff Lunau after they were suspended for one. Uh, complete year. This story is far from over. Why? Because the manager of of the Boston Red Sox, Alex Cora, he was the brains behind the operation in Houston. And it appears that the Boston Red Sox are also being investigated for tactics they used to steal signs in the 2018 season, in which they won a World Series. Now, as of right now, there is no punishment for the players. Maybe that's because, in part, it's just too hard to do. How can you prove who used it, who didn't? I will tell you this. Every single player in that Houston Astros organization that won a World Series in 2017 was clearly aware of what was going on. Having covered the Boston Red Sox each and every day for five seasons, no way, no how you are a player who played any game in that season and weren't 100% aware of what was going on. And we'll ask Brad Lidge, former Astros pitcher about that in a moment. So every player is complicit, whether or not they benefited from it or not. I do believe that the world series title from 2017 should be absolutely voided. No question about it. That is probably the only way you can punish these players. You have to wipe that out. And, To prove that I am not a homer, yes, I love the Boston Red Sox organization and have covered them and know Alex Cora well, one of my favorite players from my time covering the Sox. If, in fact, they are guilty of what it sounds like, the 2018 World Series title with the Red Sox should also be voided. I believe Alex Cora will be fired by the Red Sox by their first-year general manager, before baseball has a chance to act. The Red Sox can't go into spring training waiting for what's going to happen with their manager, a guy who needs to be banned for not just a year, but probably two years, if not more. Let's hear how this went down first. 90, uh, let's, let's go to Houston Sports Radio 610 in Houston with reaction to the scandal.
2: Man. 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 There hasn't been a championship in this city that doesn't have some kind of, yeah, but. It's, it's, and this is the day after the Texans get eliminated, too. Wow. Wow. This is, uh, this is uh, absolutely just crippling. This is very much their version uh, of of a death penalty kind of thing.
3: For them to toe the line and, and render this kind of a, of a punishment, frankly, impresses me,
1: especially when you consider um, NFL, who sort of passes over uh, performance-enhancing
3: drug issues. They pass over deflate gate and other cheating scandals. They sweep everything under the rug. So I, I, I'm kind of stunned that Major League Baseball manned up on this, and it's good for them
1: because the baseball commission has almost imperial powers. That could have been a $100 million fine. That could have been a replication of the franchise license, and they could have made them return to trophy.
2: And I think what MLB wanted to do in this particular scenario was make a statement strong enough to discourage this type of thing moving forward. I, I don't think in any way, shape, or form, being the first time that they wanted to truly give a team the death penalty and, and remove them essentially from any possibility of rebounding.
3: Uh, As a player, as a former pitcher especially, I'm a little ticked off at the Astros myself. Uh, And especially those who were on the front line of this. And I'm hearing Alex Cora and and, and, uh, my former teammate, Beltran, was involved. Uh, And it kind of upsets me a little bit because if I'm out there pitching my ass off for everybody on my team, Knowing, and, and, and find out that the, the, the opposing team uh, is getting my
1: sign, uh, it's a little unfair. To me, I don't care. The, the, the Astros rallied the city. After Hurricane Harvey, they won the World Series, uh, and they provided uh, people of Houston with a lot of memories. So it could be minimized nationally, but to me, if this helped you win a World Series, it was worth it. I'll let the managers sit out. I'll uh, let Jeff I don't Luna have a I vacation. Agree with that. It was worth it.
2: I don't agree with that because there, there, is, there is no doubt
0: that no one is going to look at this World Series like any other World Series champion. Arthradio.com Red Zone there with Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Brandon Backey was the former player you heard from in that compilation there. As for was it worth it, absolutely it was worth it. If you look back in the rearview mirror for the Houston Astros, a $5 million fine. Yes, they eventually lose their manager, which managers are overrated in baseball. They will find an adequate replacement. The general manager, time will tell. Will that set them back and will losing two draft picks first in a second round in 2020 and in 21 set them back five or six years, not entirely clear. This has a really strong nucleus. Does this Houston Astros team, even after losing Garrett Cole, it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. That's how you, why you have to avoid the 2007 world series championship and the Boston Red Sox are going to pay dearly for this Alex Cora has to be fired, he will be banned for at least, in my estimation, two years if he was the mastermind behind what the Astros did and then brought a similar system to Boston after Joe Torre clearly warned teams across the league what they cannot do in that season. What about Boston? Let's listen to WEEI in Boston. You can always hear them on the Radio.com app.
1: If you look at what the bounty gate punishments were for the Saints, Sean Payton got a year. The Red Sox are on probation. That was an overreaction. They too, broke by the, way. the rules with the iPhones in 2015. They did the international signings violations. This team is on probation. Applying the Patriot standard to the Red Sox, they should get even more severe punishment than the Astros if they're found guilty of doing what Evan Jurelick reported with the 2018 team. They should lose. Their draft picks for tw- for two years, they should probably lose more than two picks in each draft. The team has already violated the rules twice, and and, and you're on probation forever. Applying the Patriots standard, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the Mike, DS, Mike Mike Mike, Jesus, take a breath. He's really I mean, not involved. What did you say on the Patriots standards Based on operation. the Patriots standards, okay, yes, take a yes, pick yes, and yes, find Lee. the organization. Did they break the rules? Yes, they, they did. did. Did they use an iPhone in the dugout? Yes, yes, they did. They are on probation, so you ban the Red Sox from baseball. No, I didn't say ban. Well, them you're from pretty baseball. freaking close. I said take their draft, ban them from signing, gut the team. If you're going to cheat and you're on probation, so, get so them down the team. So just just That's get rid the of the team. organization. Put them in the uh, MLS. Well, you seem pretty reasonable. Put them in man. Major League Soccer. <laughs> te- hey, you break the rules, Lou. Did you break the rules, Alex Cora? Broke Alex the Cora rules. Was the ringleader for them cheating with the yeah. Alex Cora broke the rules, so you so can y- y- suspend y- him for a month, fine him a quarter million dollars, take first round draft pick, Where take some international signing bonus. I mean, Who Jesus.
0: Hot Take Tuesday there on WEI Sports Radio in Boston, always on the Radio.com app. Look, the Boston Red Sox have a first-year general manager. They are certainly looking at two years of lost first- and second-round draft picks, similar to what the Houston Astros suffered. Have to fire their manager, Alex Cora, a great guy a wonderful baseball mind, but the mastermind behind this ugly and awful scandal rocking the baseball world. How does it change the way you view the sport, the Astros accomplishments and the Boston Red Sox, Ross? You
2: know, I always struggle with things like this, Dave, when it's not football, because I don't know how common things like this are, which is why I'm so glad we're going to talk to Brad Lidge in less than 10 minutes because I almost feel like I need more information before I have the proper level of outrage, if that makes sense. Now, what I will say is this, especially as it relates to the NFL or any sport, I've never bought in, subscribed to, or been a fan of Yeah, but so-and-so's doing it. Yeah, but this team's doing that. Yeah, but your team, like, that's not a good way to live your life, right? I mean, you wouldn't, like we all say to our daughters or our kids, well, would you jump off the Golden Gate Bridge if Lisa did or whatever, right? The point is, is just because another team or another person is doing something That does not make it okay for you to do it. And I feel like we lose sight of that in all different aspects of life all the time. Sports, politics, what about-ism? I mean, it's what about this? What about that? The bottom line is you need to hold yourself to your own standard. And you need to realize that if it's illegal, you shouldn't be doing it. And they knew it was illegal, and they did it anyway, and they should be punished. Now, we can talk more about whether or not it's fair, if other teams were and they weren't, whatever. I will say this. I thought the most interesting part of those two compilations on the Red uh, radio.com red zone was is the discussion of whether or not it was worth it. And you say it was absolutely worth it. And I think you're right. Like, I I think about um, when they take away a guy's national championship, you know, from five years ago or whatever. Who cares? That guy still has the ring. Those guys still celebrated that night. They're still heroes. And their fans still support them. So in some record book. Or maybe nationally, some people have a little bit less respect for you. I think most of these guys would take that trade off.
0: I do as well. I think this is up there when you look at football, when you compare it to football. I do think it is similar to Spygate. I think the question moving forward is about Cora, is about players. How can they be punished? What about Carlos Beltran? Are the Mets okay with the face of their organization, their new manager, being a guy that's staying with this scandal? Steve Cohen, the uh, billionaire hedge fund guy, is he going to come in there and want to get rid of this scandal and want to get rid of Carlos Beltran? A lot of questions for Brad Lidge, my former Little League baseball teammate. will talk to him about this scandal, what it means for the sport, what it means for his former organization. Brad Lidge, right after a break, and a word from our friends at ZipRecruiter. Folks, it's a new year. You got NFL teams across the league hiring what? Coordinators right now. It's a new year, new organization, new faces to your staff. What are you doing? How do you keep it streamlined and efficient? You go to ZipRecruiter. And you go to this exclusive address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. And they don't stop there. It's powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find the right people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Sounds like a system that really would work for NFL teams. They should go to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter because it is... The Smartest Way to Hire. We encourage you to go there. Again, it's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. Without a doubt, The Smartest Way to Hire in 2020. We're going to talk to Brad Lidge about the Houston Astros scandal. What was his reaction as a former pitcher for that organization after a quick break? Their manager and general manager fired a $5 million fine. First round, second round draft picks gone in 2020 and 2021. But was the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal worth it, even given the punishment? And what do you make of the current players? How will you view Jose Altuve and company moving forward? It's a Tuesday home and home. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com/enter. They are. The smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's on the road in Nashville with his raspy voice talking to a whole lot of coaches from across the country. Hey, we appreciate the effort that you had a few too many adult beverages and are playing through the pain here on a Tuesday. Let's talk about the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal, the punishments, and the repercussions across the league with brad lidge the former houston astros pitcher and most importantly what he's known for is being my little league baseball teammate good to talk to you brad it's dave briggs and ross tucker how you doing brother
3: i'm doing great guys always great to be with you and uh yeah it's been an interesting 24 hours in baseball that's for sure
0: indeed it has brad and brad is a a host on sirius xm's mlb radio check him out every day there but brad what was your instant reaction when you saw the organization had fired aj hinch and jeff luno
3: you know it was i was pretty shocked i have to tell you i mean more shocked maybe at the firing than the punishment and i actually thought the punishment handed down by mlb um i thought they did a great job i I was actually pleasantly surprised because i thought that they would do You know, a significant consequence, obviously something that had to be a deterrent for any team doing this again. But I didn't think that they would actually reach the level that they did, which was, you know, as you mentioned, as you just recapped, the maximum fine, the draft picks, uh, the suspension of the manager and GM. But then when the uh, Astros owner, Jim Crane, got, you know, immediately had his first uh, press conference, the first thing he went to was, hey, listen, I'm going beyond this. I'm actually going to fire those guys. You know, our manager and our general manager, I'll tell you what, that took a lot of guts because those guys are beloved figures in Houston right now. I mean, you know, A.J. Hinch is anywhere he goes around town. I mean, he's getting free meals. So, um, you know, he's he's someone that you wouldn't think would necessarily have had to have been fired in this situation. But I give Jim Crane some props for that. It was a bold move. And uh, that firing actually surprised me more than the consequence, which was a little bit surprising as well.
2: Brad, how common is this, and what the Astros did? I mean, were they the only team doing it, or the only team that got caught?
3: No, they were certainly the only team that got caught. I mean, I have to say, um, it's just look, it's just too easy for teams to be able to do stuff like this. You go into the you go into the tunnels uh, behind the dugouts, and this is probably you know a lot of fans probably aren't necessarily privy to this, or, or maybe don't understand how easy it is for players to have access to video equipment. It's everywhere. Uh, you know, in the back tunnels, in the clubhouse, Um, and and going forward, I don't know how MLB is going to be able to police all this because if technology is not going to be allowed, good luck. I mean, there's all kinds of rooms that, like, go off of different rooms and and different tunnels and stuff where there are TVs and monitors and video equipment, and it's just so easy for teams to be able to, you know, during the course of a game, go from the dugout, go down the steps, into the tunnels, and, and they have access to all that stuff there, and it was just you know, to be totally honest, it was never thought of looking at those video monitors as, a, as something you couldn't or shouldn't do. Um, it didn't seem to necessarily cross the line in that capacity. Where the line was crossed is then relaying that information, uh, you know, to the team in the dugout, who then relay the information to the hitter, uh, using it in that way. But just using it during the game and coming down and seeing all that stuff, there's, you know, MLB is now saying that that is not allowed. No technology during the game, period. Like I said, I I think every team uses some kind of technology during the game, uh, relaying signs the way the Houston Astros did. Now, that's a little bit above and beyond. I do think other teams did it. Uh, Certainly the Astros, you know, at this point are the the most egregious and and the ones that uh, went to the greatest, lengthiest extent uh, to be able to incorporate it into a system, you know, banging on trash cans so the hitter knows what pitch is coming. I hadn't seen another team do that, but certainly other teams were trying. And it just – Look, it just goes with one of those old adages that if you can find a way to, to get ahead, you're going you're gonna to push that as far as you can. And uh, I think it's unfortunate that over the years, MLB hadn't seen this coming and hadn't tried to jump out ahead of this. Uh, but now here we are, and certainly uh, certainly teams are going to be thinking twice in the future now.
0: Talking to Brad Lidge, former Houston Astros pitcher, World Series champion with the Philadelphia Phillies. So you're saying, I mean, you talk to current and former players every day on Sirius XM's MLB radio. Would you put it at five or ten teams in the last several years have been using systems to steal signs during games? How many teams?
3: Yeah, I think probably, I mean, if you take the last couple of years and you take the amount of attempts that teams have done to try and do something like this successfully or unsuccessfully, yeah, I think, I mean, probably maybe more than 10. I'm not going to you know, necessarily be able to, to justify an exact answer. You know, it's not, I, I don't have exact information, but I can tell you, um, you know, from my playing days, you know, 11 years across the major leagues, teams are trying to find any possible edge they can get. And relaying signs is something that, that could potentially happen um, on any given day if, if they've figured out a way to, you know, if they figured out a way or a system to be able to do it. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's it, we know that the Red Sox were doing this, right, a couple years ago with the, with the Apple Watch. Like, that's just a known, you know, a, another given known event, um, which is why I always had a ton of trouble when Manfred said, and look, in this investigation, we are not aware that any other teams have stolen any other signs, just the Houston Astros. And I was like, look, I mean, we already know that the that the Boston Red Sox did that in 2017. We already know that. So um, I think probably five, ten teams is is as is, is a decent chance that that is the case. Could be more, could be less. It's just that, you know, obviously when you get caught um, like the way the Houston Astros did, I'm not sure any teams went that far and, and incorporated a system, uh, you know, that blatant to the way the Houston Astros did.
2: Brad, I think it's interesting how everybody keeps calling this thing player-driven. Number one, do you believe that? And number two, if it is player-driven, what should be the punishment for the players?
3: Well, it's absolutely player-driven. You know, listen, it wasn't, you know, A.J. Hinch wasn't going around, you know, telling the players, hey, let's figure out a system to relay signs. Uh, you know, I mean, he was aware of it, and he should have done something about it, and because he didn't, he is now fired, uh, and he might never manage again because of this. However, it's certainly something that the players are looking for any way to get an advantage. Now, you know, Manfred set out, when he when he did this, he set out and he said, I'm not going to give the players any consequences, uh, you know, because, number one, it's too hard to know exactly. Who and, and how often they were they were using these, uh, you know, science, the science stealing scandal, but also uh, because they're on different teams now, and to, you know, a lot of these guys, and to suspend them currently wouldn't make any sense for the team that they're on. So they're punishing the Astros front office, the Astros management, obviously the on field management. I mean, look, I, I wish I could sit back and say, well, I can. I, I mean, I, I can sit back and say the players. Should be, you know, it should have some kind of punishment. There should be some guilt there uh, that 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 leans to a punishment. But I really don't know how to how to do that. I don't know how to quantify a punishment for a player. And, and I think that leads to discussion, though. That that okay, if we're not going to punish them, then how can we, you know, again quantify what they've done? Like how, how much did this really help them in their careers? Like, you know, is is uh, you know Jose Altuve actually a 300 hitter and not a 320 hitter? Um, you know, we, it, it's really tough to kind of sit back and quantify that. I would say this. You know, this is not something that's going to benefit a player as much as PEDs. So I don't think we can sit here and say, you know, this is like having PEDs and it it made these guys' careers that much better. I mean, this affects home games, and it doesn't affect, you know, every home game and every pitcher from every home game just when you're able to get the signs, So there are times during the season where the hitters will have an advantage at home. Uh, What that extrapolates to over a season, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a few extra hits here and there for sure. And uh, I think really – you know, if I, had, if I had to say anything about it, I think it, it affects them more in the postseason. I think players, you know, in a short series, in a seven game series, you look at what you Darvish did going into Houston a couple years ago, where, you know, in that whole Dodgers Astros series, where, where the Astros were just hitting rockets all over the yard consistently against that Dodgers pitching at home, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, there's definitely an advantage there. Again, it's too tough to quantify it, so I won't even try and go there.
0: Yeah, there have been times when I've sat watching an Astros game and watched Jose Altuve or George Springer. And I remember saying at the moment, boy, he just swung at that pitch like he knew it was coming. You've seen Al- yep. Altuve turn on a 97-mile-an-hour fastball like he knew it was coming. Two questions here. One In your estimation, and I covered the Boston Red Sox for many years every day, did every player in the organization know this was going on? And two, should the World Series 2017 title be voided? That's a way you could punish the players.
3: It is a way you could punish the players. I mean, you you could take away their rings, certainly. Um, Boy, that for for me seems uh, like reaching a whole nother level and, and trying to rewrite history a little bit. Um, I don't think we should go there because I'll tell you a couple reasons. Number one, it's going to be nearly impossible to find out which players uh, were using using. You asked me the first part of that question. Is there any way to know if everyone was in on it? Certainly not. I mean, look, I don't think you could ever say that everyone was in on it, but I think you could say that certain players wanted to use it. And, uh, you know, there are still guys that, that I played with that said when they were hitting, they didn't want to know what pitch was coming. They'd rather just react and and just go up there and have a normal at-bat. I think most guys would want to have this information available to them, and most guys would use it. Uh, So probably most of the players with the Astros, if the information was available to them, were using it. But, um, you know, so so you definitely don't want to say everybody was using it. Certainly not everybody was using it. Most guys probably were offensively. Uh, You know, pitchers clearly, you don't want to take away a pitcher's ring. I mean, they're, they had no part of that, so I don't. I don't think you can look back and just say let's strip everybody of their rings. In fact, obviously Mike Fires was the guy that uh, you know blew the whistle on this, a former Astros pitch, uh, pitcher. Uh, you know, obviously not being with the Astros anymore knows what a huge a huge disadvantage it would be to try and pitch against them uh, in that ballpark. So you, you take away guys' rings that had nothing to do with it. I don't think that makes any sense, and it's too hard to say. Mm-hmm. Well, Altuve used it, you know, ten times, and, and Springer used it X amount of times, and. You know, whoever used it, this you know, but this guy didn't use it at all, so he should keep his ring. So it's really hard to do that. I think that you know, one thing that's interesting in this is that Carlos Beltran's going to get you know away with 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 no consequence whatsoever, um, you know, because he's a manager now, and uh, yet Joey Cora, who is uh, obviously, or sorry, Alex Cora, on the bench uh, with the with the Astros, uh, because he was a coach at the time, and he it looks like he's going to be the one that's maybe the divisor of the system if you will uh, he's going to have a big time consequence coming up because he was a uh you know sitting on the bench as a coach so i look the, the repercussions from this are not over yet
2: Brad uh was it worth it and do you think most guys would say it's worth it now now it's like tainted now there's punishment but they won the world series dude like um yeah do you, think guy, you think every guy would say It was absolutely worth it. Man,
3: you know, I hate to say this, but I think they probably would. I think they would probably say it was worth it because I still have my ring. Um, You know, the city's still celebrated. We still have the memories. Now, everything is going to be a little bit tainted, no question about it. And it's it's not going to be the same as if you won the World Series straight up. But overall, I (laughs) – man, you know, until the players have the consequences, why wouldn't a player say it was worth it? Maybe the Houston Astros organization and Jim Crane would say it's not worth it, but the players probably would because they have had zero consequences in this. So I think going forward, there has to be a consequence-driven system for the players too. Um, But at this moment, yeah, without any consequence for them, why, why would you say it's not worth it? I think you would say that for them it was worth it.
0: Talking to Brad Lidge, former Astros pitcher, former World Series champ with the Philadelphia Phillies. Were guys stealing signs when you were pitching? Did you have a moment when you said, there is no damn way you could have hit that pitch out of the park? It might have been your wicked slider. Did you have moments where you just knew guys were stealing signs? And and, and do you think it may have even wrecked a few careers, You, Darvish, among them?
3: Yeah, you know, I think... Um, There were times where I I was sure guys had my signs, but I think they were doing it the right way. I I think that I was tipping my pitches on the field. I think that they were picking up something I was doing in my mechanics. And, uh, in fact, I know for sure uh, I've had guys tell me over the years two or three different times, that hey, this was easy to see. You were doing this for like you know every time we play against you for like a two or three month stretch, you were doing this, and we you know we can't believe you didn't figure out that we knew what was coming. So I've had guys tell me that I've, I've tipped, but never through uh, you know electronics, never through technology, and therefore I always felt that um, they were doing it the right way. That it was my fault, like that, that I was doing something out there that was uh, that they were able to read, and and so I'm totally okay with that. Uh, as much as I. I didn't like it uh you know and and in retrospect got really upset that was their right to do because i was giving it to him however in terms of technology and and what we're seeing nowadays i think it has ruined a couple guys careers because you know i mean maybe maybe you darvish is among them and i don't want to throw you darvish in that you know class yet but certainly he is not the same guy ever since that game in, in the world series against the houston astros ever since he felt like you know the the balls were different, or, or whatever, and the Astros were hitting rockets off him around the yard, and it looked like anything he threw up there, they were sitting on. He has not been the same since. So, I don't want to say it's ruined his career, but it's certainly changed the type of pitcher he is. And I bet you, you know there are there are certainly other guys that have gone in there and battled a couple times and put in and had awful starts and. You know, maybe that's all it takes. I mean, look for a guy that's like kind of in between AAA and the major leagues. You go into Houston, and that's your that's your time to show, you know, your front office what you got, and, and you get hit around the yard because they know what pitches are coming. That's not cool, man. I mean, that's that could definitely ruin a guy's career, and that is, that's really unfortunate if it does.
0: When I faced Brad Lidge in high school, I knew it was coming. High fastball, and I still swung, and I still fucking missed it. You got me with that one, Brad. Great to talk to you, my friend. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I
3: knew I knew that was the spot to go to you, though, so I just didn't want to <laughs> throw anything down the middle and give you a shot to, to hit a rocket right back at me.
0: <laughs> Brad Lidge, good to talk to you, my friend. Former Houston Astros pitcher, former World Series champion with the Phillies. Check him out on SiriusXM's MLB radio. Always great to talk to you, my friend. You too,
3: Dave. Take care, guys. Great talking to you this morning.
0: All right, Ross Tucker, here's a question. What's your favorite Vince Vaughn movie? I'll give you some options. Swingers, Dodgeball, Old School, Wedding Crashers, Starsky and Hutch.
2: I love Vince Vaughn. Very difficult for me to decide between Old School and Wedding Crashers. Those are the two that... They're just phenomenal, in every way. I, you know, there aren't that many movies I could watch over and over and over again, but those two, I could watch on repeat. I'm gonna go Wedding Crashers. I think. Yep. Okay. Um, When 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 they're in church, and he takes the (laughs) the back of his hand to the guy's face. I don't even remember the context of why. He does it. But like, shit like that, that is not even like a line. Like, that that's not even like something that was in the script. That was just something that came to him while he was doing this. And he's like, Do you remember why he does it? It's like, yes, brother, and like takes his hand and goes. Like that, <laughs> I, it, I lose it i lose it every time he does that
0: yeah you know you bring up a good point about vince vaughn movies there's not a lot of movies i can watch repeatedly either uh usually my wife stays up and watches the old great romantic comedies and i'll kind of glance in and out at them but if old school is on his wedding crashers is on if even starsky as hutch is on if swingers is on those are movies that i can just watch 10 20 30 40 times vince vaughn has that unique characteristic as an actor that you watch his movies over and over and if there's one iconic scene to me in wedding crashers it's up on the stairs uh talking about the motorboat did you motorboat (laughs) Did you get in there, you old motorboat and son of a gun? Uh, that is one of the great comedic scenes of all time to me. But not to everyone this morning. Not to everyone. They are outraged at Vince Vaughn, the legendary comedic actor, because he had the audacity last night at the college football national championship game of sitting with President Trump and the First Lady Melania Trump. Clearly, they were enjoying some conversation Vince Vaughn reached out, and he shook the hand of the president, and boom! It's 2020, baby! It's the Twitter sphere blew up, and they are angry and they are outraged, and they are banning Vince Vaughn films from their home. They will never watch his movies again. I'm calling bullshit. If you like Wedding Crashers, you're watching it again. You may not admit it right now, but. On the left, people are outraged that Vince had the audacity to do that. Step back a moment, okay? He's not making an overt political statement, and we're supposed to applaud people talking to people of different political uh, parties. Now, granted, Vince Vaughn, from what I understand, is Republican, but aren't we supposed to embrace different opinions? He's not standing up and saying he wanted to... Erase an Iranian general or lock up children that come across the border. He's shaking the hand of the president of the United States. I'm still going to watch Vince Vaughn movies because they are outstanding. This is just the perfect reflection of where we are at this divisive time in our country. I'll rank them. Wedding Crashers 1, Old School 2, Dodgeball Underrated at 3, I'm torn on swingers and Starsky and Hutch. I did send out a poll at Dave Briggs TV right now. It is clearly wedding crashers leading uh, right now, but Ross, what do you make of the outrage that Vince Vaughn shook the hand of the president?
2: I, I don't really understand it. And I, I am almost outraged by the outrage. So the idea, Dave, is that you should never talk to the president, never shake his hand because he's done things that you don't agree with. Like, can you explain it to me a little bit more? I'm trying to understand.
0: Well, because everyone is so outraged at some of the Trump policies, um, at again, maybe it's the immigration policy, maybe it's the lying, maybe it's right now what he is uh, being impeached for in the House and moving forward in the Senate. If you shake the hand of the president, then you endorse everything that he is all his controversial opinions. You are an embodiment of the Trump policy. And therefore I am not with you. I am bringing my pitchfork and my torches, and I am never watching a Vince Vaughn film again. It's all or nothing. That's where we are in 2020. There is no middle ground on this. It is I hate, or it is I love the president and his policies. We should be able to say, I like a couple of his policies. I like his economic policies. I disagree with others, but that's not where we are. Now, maybe we'll be in a different time after the 2020 election. Maybe you'll have a a president like, maybe it's Joe Biden, when we can all just say, okay, let's focus on the things we agree on. But right now, and it's just like our profession, Ross, Sports talk radio, sports television is no different. It's all about division. That's where we focus, not on where we agree. Unfortunately, you and I agree quite too often. We try to find that common ground, but that's not where we are. We are about divisive and and, and, and not embracing common ground. We want to fracture ourselves further.
2: Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Dave, um, it's very disheartening. And it's not the way it should be. And I don't understand why people on both sides aren't more understanding of, number one, each other, but number two, of the fact that it's not conducive to success for our country, that people are like this. So, number one, how do we know Vince Vaughn wasn't telling Trump He disagrees with some stuff. Like, how do you even know what the conversation was? Maybe he said to Trump, I don't agree with your immigration policy. Here's why. I don't agree with what you did that you're getting impeached for. Here's why. And they had a reasonable, constructive conversation about it and then shook hands like human beings should do At the end, like, how do you even know what was said? Or maybe they just talked about the LSU Clemson game, and Vince Vaughn said, Thanks for the invite. These seats are awesome. I really appreciate it, and hadn't really said much to Trump. Like, I I just, or maybe Trump just said, You, your movies are awesome. And Vince Vaughn said, Hey, thank you for saying that. Like, I just, if you, no matter what you believe, Dave, if you would not watch his movies again because he shook hands with someone you don't like or disagree with, that's a you problem, and it's a really serious problem. Like, if if, if that's how you are in life, I think you really need to take a step back, look in the mirror, and reflect on what's important. And what's important is that old school and wedding crashers are both freaking awesome. And no matter what happens in politics, you should, not, you should not take away the ability to watch those movies. It's like the Chick-fil-A stuff, Dave. Maybe that means I'm a bad person. Maybe I don't care. Maybe I should have a stronger opinion about Chick-fil-A's religious beliefs. But you know what? I really like Chick-fil-A and different people have different opinions, religious or otherwise. I'm going to eat what I like to eat. I'm going to watch the movies I like to watch. And I'm not going to deprive myself of any of that shit because of someone's political beliefs. I mean, give me a
0: break. I would agree with that take entirely. And now you made me want Chick-fil-A. And by the way, free advice here, download the app. Create an account, and you get some free nuggets at Chick fil A this week. But this wasn't the first time this happened this football season. Ellen DeGeneres sitting beside President Bush in a Dallas Cowboys game in Jerry Jones' box, clearly having a good time enjoying the conversation with the former president. And again, Twitter lit up with anger that Ellen would dare. Sit next to George Bush, given what happened in the Iraq war, so on and so forth. Come on, people. In 2020, we can do better. We can search for some common ground. We can encourage everyone to reach across the aisle, have some conversations with people with differing opinions. And maybe sports is the avenue through which we can do that. We've seen it twice now be a a, a, Perfect spot for division. Maybe sports can help bring people together. Anyway, I asked you, what is your favorite Vince Vaughn movie? At Dave Briggs TV, Wedding Crashers, The Clear Leader, we asked you, who would you want for the next decade if you were an NFL team? Joe Burrow, who won the national championship game last night, five touchdown passes, 60 on the season against just six interceptions. Overwhelmingly, it is Joe Burrow, 65% to Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback who suffered his first loss as a collegiate quarterback. The guy is 6'6 with a rocket arm and he can run. My assumption is 24 hours ago, those numbers would have been flipped, but I wholeheartedly agree. Joe Burrow looks a lot like a young Tom Brady in terms of how he works and how he adjusts in the game. A perfect season, the greatest season in the history of Any college football player said Brady Quinn, who knows what he's talking about. If you remember his career at Notre Dame, that'll do it for us on a Tuesday for Ross Tucker and that raspy voice in Nashville. I'm Dave Briggs. We'll see you on hump day.
2: Hey everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the home and home podcast. Remember you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at radio.com home.